Welcome to the Back in Shape podcast. This is your source of information on everything to help you with your back pain, to help you with your general health and well-being, and just being back in shape in the best possible way. Today, we are going to be covering sciatica. What is it? What causes it? How can you better understand it so you can understand your sciatica if you're someone that suffers with this? Uh, we're also going to talk at the end about a few little tips to help you dealing with your sciatica if you are struggling with it, some simple things that you can do to effectively handle it. Get rid of it by addressing the causes rather than going around in circles. So we thought we'd start today's episode out by talking about what sciatica actually is. Now, commonly speaking, you might get a diagnosis of sciatica if you go and see your GP, to see your physio, your osteopath, and they say, look, do you know what? It's pain down the leg, it's sciatica, you're gonna do this, that, and the other. Quite often, a lot of those treatments focus around the sciatica symptoms, i.e. in the leg, rather than the actual source of the problem. Now, this is a bit of an issue. Now, we have true sciatica, which is where we have linear pain down the entire length of the sciatic nerve. That's from its rootlets, where it starts off in the lower back, all the way down through the buttocks region, all the way down the back of the leg into the foot, and arguably into the sole of the foot as well. And it is going to be that sort of lancinating pain down the entire length of the nerve, the sciatic nerve. Now, the problem is with this is that very few cases of true sciatica are actually there and, and if you have that experience then it's still going to be coming to in, from the lower back and everything we're really talking about in today's podcast is going to be relevant to you anyway but I will stress that there's very few cases of sciatica that actually are true sciatica. Most people will have some sort of pain in the lower leg, some sort of pain maybe into the foot, some sort of pain in the back of the hamstring, some sort of pain in the buttocks. And all of these will often be referred to as sciatic type symptoms or sciatica. And that's not necessarily strictly true, but for the purposes of actually dealing with those pains, whether it's in the lower leg, whether it's true sciatica, whether it's in the hamstring, or any amalgamation of all of those with or without back pain, we really want to understand what is causing the sciatica first so we can effectively treat it. And I often say to people that if they've been diagnosed with sciatica, it's kind of like saying you have a sore leg. It doesn't really tell you what is causing it. it it's not like saying you've got a broken leg, you're, you've got leg pain, your leg is broken, and therefore we have identified the cause, there is a broken limb. When it comes to sciatica, it's like that. It's like saying you just have leg pain. We need to then ask the subsequent question of what is causing that leg pain, what is causing that sciatica, and that is quite often the step that has failed to be addressed when we're initially diagnosed with sciatica. We just think, oh, it's sciatica, I'll just do some work on the leg where it hurts, and we find that that actually maybe provides some temporary relief, but it doesn't really get to the crux of the problem, and that is because the problem, the cause of sciatica, is coming from the lower lumbar spine. Injuries in and around the L4, L5, so that's the joints between the fourth lumbar vertebra and the fifth lumbar vertebra, as well as the L5, S1, the joint, uh, the joint consisting of the fifth lumbar vertebra with the first of the sacral vertebra, which is really one block of five sacral vertebra, which were all fused. It's that section of the spine, L4, 5, 5, S1, that will be injured in some way. There may be a disc injury, Maybe there's a degree of stenosis as a result of that disc injury. Maybe there's some degenerative change. Maybe there's some facet problems. Maybe we've got more sinister issues there. Maybe if we've had a severe trauma where we've fallen off a ladder whilst doing the windows outside, we have a break in the spine. That, of course, is very, very, very rare. And you would already be in the hospital as a consequence of that particular fall uh, being investigated, etc. You wouldn't be on YouTube. Most cases of sciatica are going to be cases where it's built up, we've had slow damage, 
or injuries sustained to that lower lumbar spine and those have started to fester and they have started to irritate some of those roots that we mentioned at the L4, L5, S1 region and that is giving you that sciatic pain. The big problem with treating sciatica or with addressing sciatica in general is going to be that a lot of times that understanding of the cause of the problem is not there. So treatments, as I mentioned earlier on in the podcast already, treatments are going to center around massage work. Maybe it's ma massaging the piriformis. And if we take a pause for a moment because piriformis syndrome or a tight piriformis is so frequently something that is associated with sciatica or diagnosed as causing sciatica, think about it realistically. The, the diagnosis of piriformis syndrome is essentially saying your piriformis muscle is tight, it's contracted, and therefore it's irritating the sciatic nerve that runs to, through, or near that piriformis muscle. But if that was the case, anytime we do any sort of physical activity, anytime we do any exertional activity, weightlifting would be completely out because anytime we do a squat, a deadlift, a lunge, we're going to be contracting some of those hip muscles, including the piriformis. And therefore we'd always be getting sciatic nerve symptoms. It just doesn't add up. It's not really a reasonable diagnosis. And, and that's generally the case with all sorts of muscular diagnoses of lower back pain, especially with the case of piriformis that nerve will have been running through or near your piriformis muscle for your entire life. It's nothing new. And it's been contracting your entire life. It's nothing new. That is not the cause of sciatica. So once we've moved that out of the way and we stop trying to stretch muscles that might be the cause, we can start to actually address the underlying cause and that is going to be the lower back. Quite often when we have sciatic type symptoms, we're gonna be rounding our lower back, we're gonna be bending forwards, we're going to be trying to create more space. And if you're watching this podcast rather than just listening to it, we can see that essentially where the nerves come out of the sciatic, out of the lumbar spine, the rootlets, so this is the L4, the L5, the S1, nerves that go on and in, in and around sort of the mid pelvis region, they will combine to form the sciatic nerve. But they move out of the spine through exit foramina. And if we think about these exit foramina, they have, they're, they're split in half. We've got the top half and we've got the bottom half. And that, and, and under a normal standing position, those holes are a set size. But quite often when we have symptom sciatica, we find ourselves sat down, we find ourselves trying to bend over to alleviate the pain. And the reason for that is inflammation builds up in this little canal where the nerve is coming in. And as we bend forwards, we lift the top off that, off that bony canal and make the canal larger. And that means that inflammation can pull up in a larger space. And then when we stand back upright again, we close that hole in, drastically increasing the pressure inside this hole. And that is what irritates our nerves, let alone bending backwards, making that hole even smaller. Now those movements and the size of that hole, that exit foramen where the nerves come out of that contribute towards the static nerve, those are designed to move, enlarge, get smaller, get even smaller still when we move back into extension. But if we're spending a lot of time in altangent postures, leaning forwards, doing exercises like knee hugs, doing exercises worse still, like sciatic flossing, then we're going to spend a lot of time with the lid of that hole lifted off so the hole is larger and therefore inflammation will just pull and fill and fill that hole. And we're often avoiding necessary movements and just little general movements like walking around, which can really, really help. And therefore, when we go and straighten our posture up, straightening our posture up and standing upright is so important. It's so helpful for taking load off the tissues that are invariably injured, like the spinal discs, that can contribute and cause that sciatic nerve pain. For example, if we have a bulging disc at L5-S1, so the L5-S1 disc is bulging backwards, creates a lot of inflammation, maybe even it itself is pressing directly on one of those nerve roots and causing your sciatic pain. If we are proceeding to regularly lean forwards and adopt an antalgic forward bending posture, 
or just spending long periods of time sat down every day, then we are going to be putting undue pressure on the cause of your sciatica and making it worse. And by standing up straight, we can alleviate pressure and equalize pressure going through our spine rather than having it focused on that injured disc. And therefore we can allow those tissues to start to go through a healing process, obviously alongside proper rehabilitation. That goes without saying. So hopefully this episode has given you a bit of a better understanding around what is causing the sciatica. Now just a few simple tips that are gonna help you deal with it more effectively. And it goes without saying, you should be doing proper rehabilitation exercise, you should be doing strengthening, you should invariably be shifting away from excessive stretching of those muscles that are sore in the legs and focusing on providing stability to your lumbar spine. But one simple thing we can do, first and foremost, is get upright and about. By doing little movements, just walking around, the small undulating movements that go through your spine when you're walking on a daily basis, even if it's just two or three minutes around the house because, it's in, because there's a lot of pain there to start with, that can help prevent excessive buildup of inflammation in and around those little holes that we mentioned earlier where the nerves come out. And that means you're gonna control the extreme highs and lows of your symptoms, the volatility of symptoms, a little bit better because you're not allowing inflammation to build up to undue unnecessary levels. The second thing we can do is really avoid some of those movements that are bad for the cause of your sciatica. That is gonna be forward bending, that's rounding of the lumbar spine. Those sorts of things when we're sitting, excessive sitting, which invariably involves a degree of rounding of the lumbar spine, especially if we're not trained to sit up correctly. Avoiding those sorts of postures is going to help prevent excessive stress and strain on those discs. And in combination with number one, walking around and moving a little bit more, we're gonna help not only reduce the pressure on the injuries, but we're also gonna help prevent the natural build of inflammation while this tissue or this injury is still actively inflamed. Remember, inflammation is a necessary process. It's a good process and part of healing. It's how we direct tissues or direct resources to an area such as white blood cells to clear out cellular debris, and how we direct nutrient resources to an area to help it healing and clear waste products away through that inflammatory process. But in and around the spine where we have confined restricted spaces like those exit foramina I mentioned, it can get a little bit dicey if it gets out of control. One thing we can do to help this, so the third tip for you, is gonna be using some ice directly over the spine, not over the glutes, not over the leg where it hurts, but directly over the spine for three to five minutes. Doing this periodically a couple of times a day can really, really help. Just keep a lid on that inflammation in combination with points one and points two. It can really, really help. Just start getting a handle on, as I said earlier, the volatility of this sciatica when it gets just particularly extreme and out of control. Do not do the icing for more than three to five minutes. Doing it for 20 minutes or longer can create unwanted effects and it's not what we're trying to do here. We're just trying to control the inflammation a little bit. We're not trying to freeze the area so we can't feel it. That's a very important distinction uh, that we want to make clear. And the final thing, as I mentioned, once you've got a bit of control on the symptoms, we need to be starting to do some strengthening work to allow our core and our muscles to start to protect that lower back a little bit more so that the causes of your sciatica can start to resolve effectively. Now, hopefully you found this podcast episode helpful. If you're watching us on YouTube, then we really appreciate you guys watching us here. Hopefully the visual has been a little bit more helpful on some of those examples. And if you're listening to us on one of the podcast platforms, such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts, then we appreciate you guys too. And if you want to keep up to date with our Back in Shape podcast, and all the new episodes which will come out will be coming out weekly then don't remember, you, don't forget, sorry, you can subscribe to the channel however is appropriate based on your platform. 
Thanks for joining us and we will see you in the next episode of the Back in Shape podcast.